All right, here we go. All right, guys. Welcome to uh, another episode here with BFF, Beer Fishing Fanatics. That's uh, me, Grandy, with uh, Mop Pop Fishing and Fishing Kit here. How are you doing today, Mike? Good, good. Cool, cool. We're just doing, um, just to kind of give everybody, we're doing a second episode here. Uh, we got Sean with uh, Saki Fishing joining us again. He was a good, good guest. So we're like, you know what? Let's just record another episode with him and, and let's have him drink another beer. That's That was my thought. What do you think, Kit? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, so this beer, mine, I'm drinking is Westo Cocoa Chocolate Stout. It's award-winning. Um, actually, might be my favorite freaking stout of all time so if anybody ever gets a chance they're out of okaboji westo westo coco style give them a shot they're pretty damn good what are you drinking uh i have one from confluence we drank it on an episode earlier before and it is the classic des moines ipa yeah i'll show it both here and up here come on come on Oh, there it goes. There it goes. And Sean, what are we, what, I think you're drinking, what are you drinking? Exile Hannah. There we go. All right, cheers, brother. It's actually my favorite one of theirs. It's got a banana taste to it. Banana? Yeah. <laughs> really? You think so? Yep. <clears throat> it says so on the, on, the, on the back of it. Hey. There's hints of clove, bubble gum, and banana. I never thought of that. Now I'm gonna. F- <laughs> me. I'm gonna taste banana. Yeah, taste every banana every time. time I drink that beer now. Holy crap! Anyway, so the uh, what did I see? I think I saw the other day. Um, actually, one of the the episodes we were talking about hit before about snagging, and then people leaving it. Remember something or something? Remember? I think our, yeah, we we said something about the people were leaving some of those junk fish or whatever because they were snagging or whatever, right? So. I had more questions. I'm hoping you guys can help me understand because I see people, they just go out there and just snag all the time. Like they literally cast and then I just see them like, I'm like, I, I've never done it. I, I've done it one time actually with you, Kit, but I, I don't know like what's, what's the reasoning behind it. Why snag? Um, what kind of equipment? Um, I mean, what, what types of fish can you snag? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you going for when people are snagging? Um, teach me. I don't know. What's what's snagging all about, guys? Well, like, there's a <clears throat> there's one desirable species that people that you can only catch by snagging. And that'd be the spoonbill or the paddlefish. Uh, depending on your body of water or your river system, you know, there's seasons for it. On like the Missouri, I think. I don't know when the seasons are. Like you actually have to buy tags, kind of like deer season. Uh, I don't know the specifics. I mean, I could look it up real quick if you guys want me to. But um, yeah, there's like, yeah, like the spoonbill and paddlefish is is like a desirable fish, but the only way you can catch them is by snagging them. So that'd be one reason you'd want to snag fish. But like down here in Des Moines, there there is no season. There is a bag limit. I'm not sure what the limit is, uh, but they are they are found as far up 
as the uh, Red Rock Dam. So if you go down there, you'll see people snagging. And I think, you know, and people know that. So they go down there, and, and there's no season for it in on the Des Moines River. So unlike the Missouri or whatever, you have to wait for a certain time of year. Then you got to buy tags for it. Um, opposed to, like, Des Moines River, you go down there whenever and then just snag a spoonbill since there's no season, there's no tag. There's still a limit. Uh, I'm not sure what the limit is. But that'd be, yeah, that's like, I guess, a main reason people would snag. You know what's snagging, Sean? Yeah. Uh, you know, the the only other reason I can think of is, like, the same same reason people would go bow fishing is they just want to go and, and get rid of them. I mean, I see a lot, that's why you see a lot of them on the bank. People, they'll go and they'll snag them just to get them out of the water. They think they're, you know, a big nuisance to the to the ecosystem, so. Just snag them, toss them, snag them, toss them. Not many people eat carp. I mean, that's probably the only other one that you really go for. Snagging carp. So what do you? What do we say? What do you do with them? You just release them, right, Kit? Yeah. The DNR wants you to either harvest that fish or release them back. Doesn't matter if they're invasive or not. Yeah. Um, they don't want you throwing it on the rocks. Yeah. Because it, you're, um, because they said it was. I asked if 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 it was legal. To just you know, dump your fish on the rocks. And it's like no, it's not legal. And then I asked, you know, even for the invasive fish, they they even said return it or harvest it. They encourage you to re uh, harvest it because yeah. they're invasive. But they'd rather have you throw it back in the river than to leave it to rot on the bank. I have old poles. That'll work, right? Like old, like heavy. Like what kind of poles do we yeah, need for just... snagging? I'd just say like a catfishing pole would work. Just want something heavy because you're going to be throwing a, a heavy weight on a big treble. I mean, that's you just want something that you're going to be able to handle that kind of weight. Yeah, and then odds are you're going to be hooking the fish in the back. So you're pulling in, a, I don't know, 10, 15, 20-pound fish hooked in the tail. So it's got all this resistance in the water when you're trying to trying to horse that fish in. So you want something that can handle that. And the same goes with your line, like uh, you want you want some kind of heavy line. I would say, at least, I don't know, let let's say a twenty pound fish plus all that drag, like extra ten pounds of drag when you're pulling against the current and it's going backwards. I'd say you need at least another. I mean, I don't know the math or anything, but thirty, forty pound test. And then those spoonbills, yes, those spoonbills and those Asian carp, they they get big, like fifty, sixty pounds so you if you Damn. if you're gonna go targeting those big fish you you gotta have the gear for it all right so heavy line heavy pole and a lot of abs right <laughs> maybe biceps uh, too guys i don't know man i mean i don't know if, it, if people if you've never been snagging all you do is take the damn pole cast it and then you, you go like this so it's Twisting, using abs, right? It's a, it's a core workout. We tried it for like a couple times uh, one summer. It's uh, you don't want to be like just using your arms and your shoulders because then you'll tire out really quick. So you just want to like use your whole body. Like you just turn with your rod. You know, use use your core. Core here. We'll we'll drink to the core. Cheers, cheers. This this might go against your core, but sure. Hey, you were talking about lines. Now, I actually, I, I switched to um, braid. Like, all my lines are braid. Like, open waters. 
So I I put braid on all of my lines. I tie either a floral or a mono leader, obviously. But is there any specific? I don't know. What do you guys? What do you? What do you normally use for whether it's bait cast or spinning reel? I mean, what do you use? Um, I say I use like I want to say ninety percent braid on everything. Everything except for my uh, bait rod, like my bobber. Like if I'm throwing minnows, then I would use mono. But everything else, my jigging rods, catfish rods, uh, bass rods, it's all braid. All braid. I didn't know this because I had to Google this stuff, man. The hell, man, a line's a line. When I, You know what I mean? When I was fishing, like, it's all plastic, whatever, man, line's a line. But, see, people don't tell you, like, okay, when you fish with braid, that line doesn't sink. It just sits on top of the water because... You know what I'm saying? Because it's not heavy. Then all of a sudden you use floral carbon. Like, okay, what's what's the difference between floral carbon and mono, right? It looks the same, but nobody realized that floral carbon's a little bit heavier and it sinks faster. People don't realize that mono, it stretches. Like when you when you set the hook, that's the biggest thing on, on lines that I, when I use Google, by the way, everybody, if you want to learn about that, and like, I'm not a pro fisherman or anything, but use Google. It tells you that like mono literally stretches. So a good fish I, that I read, I don't know, you guys tell me, crappie, because they have like their lips, right, is very fragile. It's because you rip their lips when you set the hooks, right? So people are telling me like the leader or the line that you should use for crappie should be mono because that way it stretches a little bit so it doesn't rip too much. You don't, when you set the hook, it doesn't rip it too hard. So they say they use mono and then because if you use braid, see a lot of people don't realize when you use braid, which is I love braids because it's just it's like literally a string, but braid will rip their lips literally like it, when you set the hook and because it, it's instant pull. There's no stretch or anything with the braid. That's why they say usually use a mono like leader or just use mono when you catch where you're fishing for crappie. So I don't know, man, that's that's my uh, two bits from Google that I learned a lot of. So that's, I don't know if that means anything or not. Supposedly, um, when you fish for like, when you use top water shit too, don't use floral because it sinks. I don't know. Is that, is that? That makes sense. I said I use a braid for top water. Yep. That or like if you have a, like a, like a bass jig, something with a really big hook, you know, you don't want that stretch. You want something that'll, you know, get that power right away. That way it can penetrate their mouth or whatever. And that's the thing. Braid, like like you just said, there's no stretch. People don't know that. They're like, see, this is the thing. A lot of people, like, they talk and they act like they know fishing. I don't know it, but I have to Google. Cause I, like, what's the Because I'm that type of person that I want to know what's the difference. But like, like, like you just said, Sean, like, when you're on top water and when you literally pull with a braid, it sets. It's, it's not, there's no stretch. There's no bend or anything. It literally sets in right then and there. So that's why. How about ice fishing? What kind of lines do you guys use for ice fishing? I use fluorocarbon. It's yeah, about all I fluoro. use. It's got, it's got a better abrasion resistance. So, like, even in open water, if you're going by rocks, you want to use fluorocarbon. And ice fishing, you know, you're, you're running up against the, the edge of the ice all times. So you want something that will stand up to that abrasion. You ever use braid ice fishing? I don't. I, I just, I don't know, I usually use the same stuff all the time. So You think it makes a difference? Braid? Ice fishing? I don't know. Braid freezes easier. 
because it holds water. And then, you know, if you're holding water and it's two degrees outside, your line's freezing. Yeah, but a lot of the ice fishing braid, it's a... they say it's coated, so it shouldn't let any water in. Uh, I guess fluorocarbon's always worked for me, so I just stick with it. And the thing with fluorocarbon is, um, like light penetrates light penetrates it differently, so it kind of. I mean, I wouldn't say it totally disappears in the water, but like ver- even compared to mono, uh, fluorocarbon in water is harder to see, and especially compared to braid, because you know light isn't passing through, passing through braid. So that's one of the, yeah, that's one of the um, one of the reasons I like using fluoro as as far as a leader is concerned, because you know I'm using braid and then and then I'll have a fluorocarbon leader and it's they say it's invisible in the water but even I can see it in the water so if I can see it, um, then the fish can see it, especially during ice fishing. Because they're going up to your bait and they, you know, they could be sitting there for like 15 seconds analyzing everything going on. And I'm sure they can see that line too. But with fluorocarbon, you know, it kind of re- minimizes what they can see compared to like braid or mono. And that's why people switch to those super, super thin, thin lines too, like two pound. Like normally, I think a lot of people don't normally fish with two pound line but for ice fishing uh they'll they'll go down to that two pound line because it's just skinnier it's harder for the fish to see because you know the fish isn't chasing down that bait it's they're coming up they're scrutinizing everything about your presentation like if it's spinning around that's why i tried to use swivels but that's a big selling point for uh inline reels too because they 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 prevent your your uh, jig from spinning around in circles Cause that the fish, they got a lot of time to like swim up. They look at it. You like, you should know. Like even on a flasher, you have a fish come up. Then he just sits there, and what's he doing? He's like looking at everything that you're presenting to him. It's like uh, and then then they'll back off because they see something that they don't like. Then they leave. I mean, obviously, other times they just they just come in aggressive because they just see something and they want to bite it. They're not sitting there scrutinizing. You know, if your jig's spinning or your line, how thick it is, stuff like that. Speaking of scrutinizing, trash, man. People who leave trash during open water season. Like, I know, actually, Sean, you um, you do a, you, I think it was that last year, right? You think the last, I think last couple of years or something, you did a um, a trash pickup cleanup at the, the here in central Iowa you, at the dam. You, you, you did like a uh, kind of a get together to clean up the trash. And... Yeah, we, uh, <clears throat> we did one. This we is did one last fall. It was it last fall? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, fall or end of summer. Yeah. And, and this is the thing. I mean, we all love fishing. I mean, if you guys are listening to this, either you love fishing or you love a bunch of guys who like to drink beer to talk about fishing. So, we all know people leave a lot of behind whether it's beer cans whether it's plastics you know where their bait comes in it's just i mean give me your guys thoughts about that man i mean how how do we help how does that affect the ecosystem of the fish you know all that when people leave trash man i don't know i i hate seeing it um i know it it seems like everybody everybody talk to that fishes they hate seeing garbage but you know the garbage is there from people that fish. That's that's the problem. And uh, 
it's it's definitely worse like in spillways where there's a higher concentration of people there's gonna be more trash and all that trash you leave them on the rocks or or just by the bank and then when the water rises it just takes it all downstream so that's why uh, last year we tried to go pick them up and i think it, it, it did good then because while we were cleaning up other people saw us cleaning up and i heard from a lot of people say that you know people stopped fishing to help them pick stuff up while they're out there and i think that's that's really the only way it's gonna gonna you know help is if more people start picking up and people see you doing it and then they'll, they'll start doing it hopefully it, it just keeps moving on from there every time i go open water fishing i literally see a ton of trash just the, the biggest thing is just take what you bring right yeah <clears throat> It's it's leave it better than how you found it. I don't know, man. You tell me, Kit, how much trash and shit you see when you go fish, man. Uh, it's, it's not even just open water. Like, even ice fishing, you see trash. And But the thing is, it doesn't matter where you go on Earth, there's going to be trash. Even in the deepest part of the ocean, like in Mariana's Trench, they said they found trash down there. Like, the most remote place on Earth that... I think only three people ever been to, there's trash down there. Because even if it's, you know, left in one space, it always finds its way somewhere else. Doesn't matter where you're at. And I guess it's just human nature just to trash places. So it's human nature to trash. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> it is. That, does, that doesn't mean it's right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, proclaim myself as a saint. Like, I go out fishing, and I don't always pick up trash that I see. I mean, I try not to litter, but, I mean, that's one thing I could improve as, like, an angler. If I see trash, I go and pick it up. All right, guys. Every time we go fishing from now on, that we all of us have to take at least a piece of trash back with us. Yeah, we could so we they, could all do a little bit better. Yeah, I think, no, no you're right. Like, like Sean, what Sean was just saying, make it a little bit better. Let's just do this. Everybody, take your own stuff. Quit leaving your own shit, number one. Number two, take one piece of trash back with you. You don't have to take everything back. Like you said, it's a lot. There's When you go out there, you can, there's hell, all right? There's tons of freaking trash here. But if you take that one piece of a beer can or a box of, you know, you know leftover lures or whatever, it literally, just imagine if everybody did that. You take your own trash and you take one piece back with you. It yeah, it's one less piece. It's one less piece of trash. Yeah. Hey, did you guys did you guys see that uh the Johnston bait shop? Their uh live bait containers are now they use compostable ones. Yeah, the worm containers, the wax worms, all that kind of stuff. So they say it's all it's not biodegradable, but it's compostable. So I mean that even that will help. I mean if if it gets left out somewhere, it's not as bad as as all the previous ones. All right, we're gonna have to um, look this up. What's the difference between biodegradable and was it com- com- compostable. compostable? What's the difference? Because I don't know. I don't have time to Google right now. But next next episode, Kit, we'll find that out and we can do it. All right, we'll Google next time. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll have that prepared. Or man, shit. Google out see if it's what's the difference between com. Post, compostable and compostable <laughs> and, and biodegradable anyways though just thought i'd you know we, we'd extend another episode with you know sean was fishing here so give everybody a little opportunity just to kind of sit back have a beer here with us and just kind of talk a little bit about fishing and everything so we'd just like to thank everybody for joining us but 
we'll be having some more vendors, uh, more interviewers joining us in the upcoming episodes and everything. So make sure you guys subscribe, check out the, the YouTube channel of Mr. Kit here. You guys can see him in action a lot of the times catching. He actually has a few episodes with Sean and myself, I think a year or two years ago. So make sure you guys check that out, especially check the one out where I outfish a guy named Trey. So make sure you guys check that one out, <laughs> like that one. And then, you know, this is the thing. This is the thing. I want to give somebody a mob pop fishing hat because they're listening. They listen to all our podcasts all the way through and they're listening to this point. I want them to go watch that video with me and Trey. It's, what episode was that on Fishing Kit? What's it called? The uh... Hold on, let me look it up real quick. You know, obviously I'll put a link on this, but you guys click it and you watch it and you comment on that that and if you are the first person to comment on fishing kits video this video that i outfished the man and he had to do donkey kicks and by the way so a lot of people don't realize don't know this during that competition sake fishing actually sponsored us by presenting the uh the trophy so he actually provided the trophy that i was not the worst fisherman <laughs> but I beat him, and I caught it with the, uh, uh, what do you call that one lure that you had? Uh, the eggplant lure. Eggplant, the penis lure, all right, guys? This is the penis. And I caught fish with that. Go there, the very first person to comment that they went back to watch that episode because of this podcast. I will send you a mom-pop fishing hat. Other than that, thank you for uh, joining us, guys. Oh, yeah, and that video is titled, They Have to Use This Lure to Catch Fish. And it is Mr. Grandy himself. He's looking at an eggplant. That's the thumbnail. <laughs> looking at the eggplant with my eggplant face. All right, guys. Have a good one. Join us next time.